Parenting is hard. Few of us feel up to the task. The world is shifting, quickly and dramatically. All of us feel the changes affecting our families. The stress and pressure can be intense. We are here to help sort the good and the bad, provide insight and bring hope. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We're so glad you stopped by. Well, hello, and welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am Pastor Brad Mathias. I'm Robert Beeson. And we're here in the studio talking to you. That's what's going on. I think they figured that out. (laughs) One of the fun things about doing this podcast is that occasionally we do specials. Yeah. Today's one of those days. It is. And um, it's it's pretty cool because we have a lot of history with this particular one, but we've never done a podcast on it. For the last 10 years or so, Mm -hmm. the Twin Gospel Alliance, which... Eyeshine was part of forming and belongs to, um, has been involved with this organization called CPC, Children's Pastors Conference, or International Network of Children's Ministers, if you want to get That's a lot of acronyms, yeah. It is. Um, where thousands, literally thousands of children's pastors gather once a year and exchange ideas, hear um, best practices and tips and that kind of thing. And we always have been involved for a lot, well- not since for, the beginning of time, for the last 10 for years. For a decade, yeah. For, yeah. for as long as iShine Ministries has been around, we've much. been partnered with INCM. Right. And so it, it makes a lot of sense to want to go and get some wisdom and, and bring it right. to you. And I, I think, you know, looking at the sort of underwriting heart of this ministry and podcast is to equip parents and pastors as they engage a hostile culture. Mm-hmm. This idea that there are voices that are speaking to our kids that are not supportive of the Christian heritage that we carry. And here's why that's important, is that by the age of 13, pretty much the, the, a child, a person's entire worldview has finished being formed. And so that's why we have been so deliberate about going after this age group for so many years, a decade now, um, because it, if you want to change the world, you change the kids. And Barna taught us this early on, you know, that, that the, the front line needs to be going after our kids and and in making sure that we are giving them biblical truths. And so that's why we, from the beginning of starting iShine, have been to going after that. And that's why this is so critical. So parents out there and pastors, um, your job is really, really important. It's not just getting through the children age, the child's age, or the tween age. It's not just, you know, going through it and not no one getting hurt. <laughs> It's it's about instilling principles and truth, and and because after that, um, the world really takes primary voice, and so we have this limited amount of time that we can do something about it. So that's that's what we're about. Yeah, I like the analogy that Barney used in his books and some of his talks. And uh, for those who don't know, we've partnered with George Barna and Francis Chan to create a online video resource known as Shift, mm-hmm. which really goes into detail about this. We don't have the time or the expertise to really share the statistics and trends and how media is affecting the family today. But we have a resource that does. And you can yes. go to the iShineLife.com website, go to the web store and look under the, the video resources and you'll find a way to stream or purchase a DVD of the Shift event that we, we sponsored. But what they use as analogy over and over is this idea of wet cement. This idea that the heart is like wet cement until the age of 13. And so the impressions that we push into that wet cement will harden by the time a child is approximately 13 years of age. And so uh, as we went to CPC 
2019, we went with the intention to sort of poll some of the pastors and people that were there. What is it that they're bumping into in the real world? Are they experiencing similar challenges or are there really distinctly different things going on in different parts of the United States? So that was the idea behind it, was to uh, not only discover uh, what, it, what it is that the, the front lines, so to speak, are experiencing with preteen ministry, but also to introduce parents and pastors to different ways of engaging this audience. Right. Strategies, right. if you will. Resources that are out there they may not know about. That's right. But before we get into those specific interviews, what is it about what you're wearing today, Brad, that's bringing out your eyes? What is that? There's something different. Wow. That's, hmm. that's, I mean, people listening can't see this, so you should probably go to well, YouTube and take it, take a look, but yeah, he's well, wearing a garment that's, it's a, it's a very new, you can't say, I, I'm so it. glad you noticed Robert. First of all, thank well, how you. could I not? How flattering. Yeah. How could I not? Um, Your eyes are just blazing. You know, all I could say is my <laughs> wife picks out good clothes. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. This is a special limited edition hoodie from Maine. Hmm. Yeah. You can only get this in Maine or like L.A. and San Francisco. There's like three cities in and, the United States. That's and it, it. does it bring out everybody's eyes? I mean, they have multiple colors? Or Well, I think they have a few colors, but this is my color. Yeah, it is your color. <laughs> it's your color. <laughs> so uh, thank you for noticing and bringing that to our audience's attention. I'm only slightly flushed with embarrassment. Uh, I think, you know, the, the, the thread that we've sort of been working on are things that are common to Maine. And so uh, this particular brand, which I can't speak, you'll have to go look online, is available uh, at Carhartt.com, I think. <laughs> but it's not just a Carhartt. So you got to no, go online. Like it's, it. You're not going to find it just at the Carhartt place. You got to know what you're looking for. But it is a, a unique combination of old and new. And, so, and do they make that um, sweatshirt for men too? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, they have women's <laughs> and men's outfits. This particular one is definitely the man's version. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You want to try it on later, I'll let I'm you. I'm good. I'm good. Let's get into these interviews. There's a lot more to learn than listening to us banter. Thanks very much, everybody, and enjoy this next montage. There'll be five different guests that we interview, uh, ranging in age and background. And so I hope that diverse uh, discussion will be of help and benefit to you in your ministry or as a parent. Hi, and welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am your co-host, Pastor Brad Mathias, and we are here in Orlando, Florida, enjoying the sunshine of the Central Coast. And uh, it's been a beautiful day, and I'm at CPC 19, uh, and I'm here with English Preston. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. So... Talk to us just a little bit. We've been talking to a lot of people. There are hundreds of people on the floor. You can hear the background noise. But all of you are here for a reason. Why are you here at CPC 19? Okay, well, this is my first year. And to be honest, I came because it's it's a great time to get pumped up, to um, obviously get lots of resources and be with like-minded people for children's ministry, teen ministry. Um and I stopped by to see you guys um, because I was kind of attracted to your ministry and how you kind of bridge that gap from, from children to, to teens. And, um, and that's kind of a place that I'm, I'm just interested. I feel like the Lord's got it on my heart for parenting and ministry. Yeah, I think 
Um, it goes all the way back to my friend George Barna, who wrote a book called Revolutionary Parenting mm-hmm. almost 20 years ago. That means we're getting old. I'm getting old. Uh, George really challenged the church. He said that by the age of 13, what kids believe is what they're going to go into adulthood with. Mm-hmm. They're going to carry those beliefs their whole mm-hmm. life. He used the analogy of cement that hardens. This idea that up until the age of 13, 14, what we kind of put into our kids really sticks. And then after that, our voices diminish Mm -hmm. and other voices get louder in their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that we learned as a ministry is that music and media was a common language across all social and economic levels. And so whether kids are suburban or urban, whether they're homeschooled or public, it didn't matter. They all were very, very affected and interested in music. So what you're doing is incredibly strategic as a music director. Mm. Talk to us just a little bit. What are the struggles that you're seeing out there in the pastoral world of of real life? Well, I think um, it's funny that you, exactly what you just said, because I was speaking with one of your colleagues, and I said, you know, when they're little, it just sticks. They believe you. You know, you can say it and they go, yeah, mom, yeah, pastor. Mm -hmm. And they listen, but then they start having these questions and I'm entering into that um, with ministry and with parenting to to answer the deep questions when they're going, "Mm, I don't know about that. And with music in particular, I'm struggling with how to to further um, their music journey because you know, for us at our particular church and in, in my ministry, it ends at, at fifth grade, you know. And like you said, music is that common theme. For me, it was like that when I was a child. It's what always kind of pulled me back to the Lord because it was that gifting. It was that way of communicating with Him, of really worshiping, which is why we were created, right, to worship Him. And He gave us that gift. And so I feel like sometimes if we don't offer that, and I'm speaking of my ministry in particular, which is a struggle, if we don't offer that past the age of 10 and 11, we lose that malleable time of their hearts to to continue to draw them. And so I'm seeing that as kind of a trend and a pattern in the worship world, again, you know, in my my kind of bubble where I am. of being able to, to capture that love, that common theme of music, and what, where do I go with it? What do I do? Because I know how to do it with the little ones, but how do I continue to keep them with music to worship the Lord in their tweens and teens? Yeah. You know, I think the, the sort of diminishment of the Christian radio world in the last mm-hmm. decade has really reduced the options out there for a lot of people and mm-hmm. how to engage kids. On the other hand, you've got technology, so you've got YouTube and you have some creative ways to engage kids in the real world. So I think there are a lot of people out there that are finding that same struggle. How do we engage our kids and bridge the gap between the elementary and junior high, Mm -hmm. high school world? Mm -hmm. And I think music is one of those essential tools. It really is. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it really is. I worked with a a record label back when I was in the music industry called Reach Records, and there was a guy named Lecrae that I was very close friends with. And uh, one of the things that we always joked about is the fact that I'm white and he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a hip hop guy, you know, but I could still resonate with the spirit that that guy was carrying in the ministry that he did. And exactly. so his lyrics and the way that he communicated what he believed affected the entire generation. And so Absolutely. one of the things we never know as, as either teachers or pastors or leaders is that 
one of those kids we're coaching, mentoring, helping, training may affect a generation. Absolutely. And so these are essential areas of ministry for churches. I'm so glad you're doing that. I appreciate you taking the time to stop by. Absolutely. Um, and I hope that people listening to this podcast could reach out to you if they found some things that are working in their church. How would they would get a hold that. of you? What's an email they could send yeah, something to Yeah, I'll, I'll take it all. Um, it's englishp at eastcooperbaptist.com. All right. Well, thank you for taking five minutes with us here at CPC 19. It's been a pleasure to meet you. Thanks so much for having me. God bless. Thanks. We're talking with different pastors and parents on the floor of the exhibit hall. So the background noise you're hearing is just normal activity among those uh, hundreds of pastors that are in the room. I have a very special guest all the way from California visiting our audience. Tell them your name and what you're doing here. Hi everyone, my name is Sam Petch and I'm a children's pastor from uh, Westminster, California. And I am a children's pastor, I probably already said that. <laughs> you did? Um, and I work from, uh, with kids who are birth through fifth grade. So tell me, how long have you been working with preteens and children? I have been involved in children's ministry for the past 16 years. I'm only 31, um, but I started when I was 16. And so, awesome. yeah, so quite a while. So you've had the experience of being a volunteer, and then you moved into pastoral ministry, sort of paid yes, exactly. training. Yes. So what made you go from a volunteer to wanting to do this as a ministry slash career? It's God's calling. I, for the, when I was 16, I received my call um, fairly early on, um, but I wanted to do my own thing. Um, and it wasn't until I was in college that I realized that God was truly calling me into children's ministry. and. God just kept on reminding me, you know what, I've created you to lead my children, um, so stop running away. And yeah. yeah. So not only do you work with kids in the church, but you also have some of your own now. Yes, how many I, kids do you have and I, how old? I have two, um, a six-year-old daughter named Liliana and a three-year-old son um, named Levi. Got it. Awesome. So you're blessed, you're a dad, you work with kids every day, um, you're in ministry our culture is changing rapidly, and one of the things about Brilliant Great Parenting, the podcast, is this idea of trying to equip and encourage parents who are struggling with a post-Christian culture. So there are issues that come up in day-to-day uh, -day life for parents that can be incredibly scary, incredibly frustrating, uh, some things that are just bewildering. How do I respond to that? In your ministry in the last year, 12-month cycle, what kinds of things were coming up into the, your awareness that really had you concerned about your kids? A lot of it has to do with media and how children are dependent on media and their social interactions with um, their own peers um, tend to be over um, the internet rather than face-to-face -face now. Um, so a lot of parents have asked, um, how can I limit my children um, from me their media devices? in such a way where they don't feel that I don't like them, um, but in such a way that I show them the importance of being able to have peer-to-peer um, face-to-face interactions rather than just having it online. And this is happening in the K-5 age group? Um, it's happening more towards uh, pre-teens. Um, okay. Now um, with Snapchat and uh, all these other different media um, outlets, um, it's starting younger and younger. Um, That's interesting. So do you find that this is starting to become an issue in 
third, fourth grade, or what? I would say more fourth, fourth, fifth grade. Um, okay. Especially with fourth night, we all know fourth night is pretty popular now, um, and so it's just um, I think it's they're reaching the, the younger generations now. Yeah, statistically, teenagers, you know, 12 to 13 year olds, are spending over 75 hours a week, you know, in, ingesting media. Mm -hmm. They get about an hour to an hour and a half at church, so it's not hard to figure out, you know, who what's getting fed, so to speak, mm -hmm. inside of our kids. What things are you working on in the year that you're stepping into? This is in January of 2019. Our audience will hear this in the spring. But looking ahead 12 months now, what are the areas you, you really feel like you're supposed to focus on with your, your students? Um, right now, I tend to, or that's my plan for this year, is to focus on discipling the parents. Um, parents are the spiritual leaders of their home. Yeah. Um, and right now, uh, teens and children tend to look at the children's pastors or children's volunteers for that spiritual nourishment. Um, and parents tend to, we live in an outsourced society, so parents look to us to also um, bring up the children spiritually. But I want to go ahead and empower the parents um, to realize that God has entrusted them with um, his biggest treasure. Um, and so by discipling the parents, then we're able to um, actually give back the power to the parents to be the spiritual uh, leaders of their home. Man, that's so good. Uh, it's so refreshing to hear you say that. And I, I think for parents, there is a, a little bit of a mentality of sort of the drop-off sort of discipleship idea that if I just get my kid to, to church and they get that hour a week with the youth pastor or youth minister or children's pastor, then I've done my job. You know, if I, I get them to home, I get them home safely, I feed them, get them to school and back and get them to church, then everything will sort of work out. What we found out is an entire generation of kids were lost. We lost 80% of the previous generation. Um, at, by the time they graduated high school, statistically eight out of 10 of them left the church and didn't come back. And I think a lot of studies now and just sort of discussions like this have revealed that a lot of parents thought their kids were Christians up until that moment where the truth sort of came out. Mm -hmm. I think what you're just suggesting, especially in these third, fourth, fifth grade years, is to establish a pattern for parents that includes them in the discipleship of their kids at home and not just relying on the church's one hour a week to be enough. Exactly. A relationship with Christ starts not just on Sundays. It's a Monday through Sunday type of thing. And so if we empower the parents to be able to disciple their children um, and have the relationship of the relationship with Christ um, a priority in their lives, then the children will then in turn uh, see what is modeled to them at home. Very cool. So in closing, just a simple practical step. Where, where would you send a parent who's like, you know what, I need, I'm convicted by that or I, that reminded me I want to do more with my kids. Where would they go to, to do that? What resource would you recommend for parents to help their kids? Um, there are several different resources um, that are available. Um, but one that I've learned or that I enjoy um, is called, uh, what is it called? Um, Orange makes it, uh, Parent Q. Um, and basically what Parent Q does, it, it, it gives you um, online resources to like books, not books, um, different Bible lessons, uh, spiritual conversation starters and things like that. So Parent Q is, is one that I would really recommend. Yeah. 
So do you use the Orange programs in your church? We actually do not use the Orange okay, programs. So you just sort of found that one and you're like, man, that one really helped. Yes, okay. yes. The great thing about that is you could just use it as a devotional. It doesn't have to be belong to any type of curriculum. Doesn't have to be complicated. Exactly, That's yes. That's awesome. I know Orange does a fantastic job they do. of really engaging each different age that they they work with. I also know there's a thing called Orange Fatigue where churches have used like the whole curriculum <laughs> and they need something different. Um, where would uh, our audience go to find you online if they wanted to send you an email or ask a question? Um, you could go ahead and reach me at samuel at journeyec.org. Um, it's probably the best area, uh, way to reach me um, through my email. Well, thank you, Pastor Samuel, for your time today at CPC19. Uh, for those of us at Brilliantly Brave Parenting, we want to thank you for serving our children so faithfully and well. God bless you. Hope you are inspired and encouraged by the week you have here in Orlando. We are excited to announce the Storms of Life study, Living Beyond Stressed Out and Overwhelmed. It's a great subtitle, Living Beyond Stressed Out and Overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we know that students are stressed. And for parents and pastors, it's important to know what are the top three things that are really on the minds of our kids. So Brad, walk us through what they can expect from the Storms of Life. This is an eight-week study. It has uh, video insights. It has uh, presentations from a actual youth retreat with junior high and high school students. These kids are going to learn about how their faith can help them fight back the stress that they're living with every day at school. Check it out on iShineLive.com. A little bit of the pulse of what pastors and parents are feeling out there. And I think that's really helpful for our audience. Uh, if you're a parent or a pastor and you're a regular listener, you know that it's important to sort of get some input from just outside of the bubble where you live. And uh, a lot of our listeners are in different parts of the United States or even the world. And it's very comforting and encouraging to find out that there are other parents and other pastors out there who are sort of wrestling with the same issues, especially in our culture today. And today, I've run into a children's director by the name of Rachel. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. Hi, thank you. So happy to be here. Awesome. So, Rachel, you and I had a chance to sort of get to know each other before we started recording, but you have your own daughter, right? How old is she? I do. Her name is Charlotte. She is eight years old, and she is a feisty redhead and comes with all of those bells and whistles. So for our listeners, where would she get her red hair from? Oh, well, <laughs> Apple doesn't fall too far. Yes. Um, but uh, I adore her. That's awesome. So it's interesting, right? You're a children's director at a large church in Tampa, uh, Tampa, Florida. And that's about an hour from here, I guess. You are sort of working in an environment that may be different than some of our listeners who might be up in the Tennessee, Alabama, Bible Belt area. What are some of the things you run into on a regular basis as a children's director that are sort of difficult for you um, in your ministry? Well, I've been doing this about five years, and I came from a, a public school teaching background. And when God called me, to be a, a children's ministry director, I kind of was going into it blind. I knew I loved God and I loved kids. Mm -hmm. And now, fast forward five years later, to 
be a director in this culture and in Tampa, Florida, in a, a you know upper middle class environment. Um, the thing that I compete most with is busyness, just busyness and sports and schedules and 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 parents and families giving God and church their leftovers. So constantly trying to engage families and just getting them, um, you know, to come on Sundays, but not just to come on Sundays, but to build that relationship at home and make that a priority is, is a big challenge. And I try to, I struggle to do it in my own home. All the things that I teach about and preach about to bring it home and do it when I'm tired <laughs> after, you know, dealing with that with families and kids and, and checking all the boxes. It's, um, it's hard in this culture to do that. Yeah, statistically we found, I uh, worked with Awana Clubs a few years ago, and we did a study with uh, the Barna Group, and there's a huge drop-off after the fifth grade yes. in church attendance and sort of completing ministry events, uh, retreats fall off, lots of things change for kids after the fifth grade. And part of the research that we saw really suggested that that was related to just how many options kids have now in this generation yes. at school. Hobbies, sports, activities, the arts, all kinds of things are competing for our kids' attention and thus parents. How, do you, how have you been wrestling with that? What are some things you're going to try this year that our audience might be helped by? Um, well, there I learn a lot here at CPC. I'm always uh, looking for ideas and tools and resources, not only for myself as a mom, but uh, for our, our family ministry. And, um, you know, for example, just a, a, a Carline podcast or a Carline one moment message that moms can listen to um, or dads or anyone picking up their kids um, using some scripture or a weekly point. I think we're, we're not going to get rid of our phones. Right. Um, we're yeah. not. So we got to use them. We got to learn how to embrace technology and provide parents with resources that um, can, you know, share the message and share the gospel on the go. So, so that's what I'm yeah. looking for this year. So embracing technology with curriculums or studies that actually engage the student with their phones or, or yes. laptops and that sort of thing. Yes, because uh, some of the research I've read, and I'm sure you've heard this study too from the Nothing Less um, uh, Lifeway research, the number one factor in faith and becoming a Christian or being a Christian as a teen and an adult was Bible reading. The number one factor growing up was Bible reading. Not going to church, not family dinners, but it was Bible reading. Children reading the Bible and engaging in scripture. So that fact baffled me. It wasn't prayer. I mean, these are all great things, but the number one factor in spiritual growth and um, Christianity as an adult, a healthy, Christian, one that would say, I'm a Christian, I attend church, I have a relationship with Jesus. The number one factor was Bible reading. So how can we use that? Yeah, that's really cool. Well, I'll tell you that I think for our parents and pastors who are wrestling with this busyness, they're dealing with the competition for the attention, really, 
of our kids and our families. Um, the idea of integrating biblical study or, or personal study is probably a challenging one because we are so busy. It's very difficult. Have you found any resources that are helping you with that yet? Um, yes. You know, I, I think just <laughs> I'm trying to go through the list of uh, resources in my head. I think overall making making the Bible fun, making it interesting, making it relevant, um, anything that we can do. I, having an age-appropriate Bible, getting those out there to parents. Um, that's It's such a simple thing, but it's so important um, for the different age groups. Music. Um, music is prayer. Music can be scripture. And I know I use that a lot in my ministry. Um, and that's something you can do as a family, and you can do that anywhere. Um, there's so many Bible apps out there and free Bible resources that parents can use and children can use. So um, there's a huge list out there. I mean, I can't even go through them all right now. Um, but the great thing is we have them at our fingertips. It's making the time to find what works for your family because what works for mine may not work for yours. But they're out there. There's not a lack of resources, yeah. which is comforting. I've found at places like CPC, uh, which stands for Children's Pastors Conference, and it's, it's uh, an offshoot of the International Christian or Children's Ministry Network. What what I found is that INCM and CPC and other groups like Orange have done a really good job of creating these resources. It's just really hard to get parents to take the next step. Because right. they're really kind of trusting or relying on you to help their kid become a Christian. Absolutely. And you've only got them for an hour or two a week if you're lucky. One out of 168. Yeah, exactly. It's not so enough. The parent has to be the primary caregiver and discipler in the home. That's right. And you're more of the coach and the support person that's sort of encouraging them. To that's right. Going. And we are the equipper of parents. Right. And... It takes churches, you have to switch that mindset. And I know um, at my church, we it was like two years ago where that light bulb went off. And we had this burden, like we have one hour a week, we got one hour a week. But then we're like, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> we need to equip our parents. We've got to find ways and tools and, and, and means to do that to equip the parents and to get those parents to take the next step. And once we do that, then we've got to get up, give it up to God and pray for those families that the parents will do that. Well, we've been talking to Rachel Godin from Tampa, Florida, and she's a, a children's director. She's engaged uh, youth and children's ministry for five years now. She has her own daughter at home. She's living out these principles that she's sharing. How would our audience find you? Would it be an email or Facebook, anywhere that you would direct them if they want to ask uh, you some questions? Sure. I mean, uh, you can go to our website, firstprestampa.org, and our children's ministry is First Pres Crew, which stands for Children Radically Experiencing Worship. Ooh. And uh, we have an Instagram, uh, Instagram page, so sure, you can... I'm there. I'd love to chat with you. Um, I, I'm always looking for, for new ideas from 
from parents, from other uh, children's ministers, and uh, would love to hear from you. So thank you. Well, so good of you to sit down and talk with us in our audience today. Uh, we look forward to finding out maybe next year how that all went and um, sharing some more. Thank you. God bless. Thanks, Brad. Sort of milling around between conference slots, and um, there's literally two or 3,000 pastors here at this conference. And I ran into an old friend named Kevin Traub. Welcome, welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting, Kevin. Thank you, Brad. It's nice to be here. Thank you awesome. very much. Tell the audience just a little bit, like, why are you here? What do you do? Uh, I work for Zonderkids Bibles, so I'm the senior marketing director, director there. Okay. And uh, we're here because uh, we firmly believe that it's very important to get kids involved with Scripture early. Yeah. So working on the Bible team, I work with uh, many different Bibles. Uh, Zonderkins has four different translations. So we have the New International Reader's Version, which is written at a or translated at a third grade reading level. So for your beginner readers. And then also the NIV Bible, which is by far the most popular translation that we have um, that many churches use. So we just want to engage kids in Scripture early so that they can write it on their hearts and uh, we can meet them where they're at as far as their reading level. That's very cool. So if a, if a parent was out there and they were listening and they said, hey, I've got a kid who's at a third grade reading level uh, and I want them to start to read the Bible, but maybe they've struggled with comprehension, just mm -hmm. understanding some of the versions that are out there. How would they find this third grade NIV? Where, where would that be? Um, uh, Christian bookstores is always a good place to start. Um, also, um, websites like Amazon or uh, christianbookdistributors.com, cbd.com, um, they would be good resources for that. Okay. And then if they would just do a search for the new international reader's version, it would show up for them. So is that N-I-R-V? N-I-R-V. Okay. So I know as uh, new translations come out, you know, there are some parents who are just uns uncertain, like, is that really something I want? You know, is that mm -hmm. really something I can trust? I, I am confident that at Zondervan and the NIV people have done a thorough job, but I want you to tell yeah. them that <laughs> so that I don't get the questions. How's yeah, that? so uh, Biblica actually does the translation for the NIV. Okay. And then they did this translation for the third grade reading level uh, about 24 years ago. So 2021 is going to be actually be the 25th anniversary of that translation. So it was done to be consistent with the NIV. So people who are used to reading the NIV but need something at a little easier route level, uh, they actually worked with educators to make sure that it truly was at a third grade reading level. Um, and they worked very hard to make sure that they weren't changing which, what the original Greek and Hebrew was translated to, but still make it at an easier level. Okay, we got that out of the way. <laughs> okay, so you've raised or are raising three kids. Yes. Now, how old are your kids? Very blessed. Yes. I have 19-year-old twins, a boy and a girl, okay. and then I have a 10-year-old daughter, too. Okay, so you have a, almost a like a full decade span between your oldest and youngest. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. That is, uh, that is going to keep you on your toes. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, the oldest two are in, in college, yeah. and uh, they do an excellent job with our youngest daughter. Uh, she was adopted from China, okay. and she's just been a blessing to us more than we could ever imagine. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> she awesome. just Yes, and uh, she just completes the family. Yeah. 
So you work with Zondervan, you work with Bibles. One of the things that I was talking to uh, a lady just a few minutes ago, who's uh, the children's director at First Pres in Tampa, and she was really focusing on this idea that Bible reading in preteens is the most significant fact statistically that affected kids embracing their faith as adults. Did you know that? That doesn't surprise me. It didn't surprise yeah. me either, yep. but I did, there's actually been a study recently mm-hmm. done. She quoted it, uh, the Nothing Less study, I guess, with Life okay. Um And she had taken from that study a need for her church to really be very, very intentional about engaging parents to get their kids to read Bibles before the fifth grade. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't help but think, you probably have some Bibles you would recommend. Yeah. For a parent who just heard that from uh, from one of these these amazing children's directors, so how perfect timing to have a chat about what's out there for kids and parents to engage the Bible. With. Yeah, I mean, we all know that Bible is very powerful. It's gonna it's gonna affect a person's life whether they're just learning how to read or their parents are telling them scripture, all the way to um, when the Lord calls them home. It's gonna be a very powerful portion of their life. So um, we also realize it's a very big book. So yes, it, it, can be, it can be yeah. very intimidating for kids too. So at Zonic Kids, we try to create product that's going to keep their attention and right. explain the parts that are difficult to them. And we also want to do things for parents to help them, give them tools too, to keep their kids interested in Bible study. Um, many people maybe have heard of the Adventure Bible. That is our best-selling kids product Bible, our okay. kids Bible. Um, that is in the New International Reader's Version, and it's also in the New International Version, so the okay. NIV. And then it's also in the New King James Version. So we actually okay. publish yeah. this one in three Very translations. Very well-known, standard yeah. translations for yeah. many, many evangelical churches. Yeah, so and that one has a lot of features throughout. Um, there's like historical notes called Life and Bible Times. Uh, there's a lot of verses to memorize called Words to Treasure. Uh, one of my favorite parts, there's Livet features, which will help the kids apply the scripture to their life after they've read a certain section of text. There's book introductions, there's character sketches. So there's just a lot of content as the child goes through the Bible that will help explain them, help them think about things, help them apply it to their life. And uh, it's just been a very successful Bible for us. And teachers, children's pastors, parents, Christian educators, they all seem to really like the product. Okay, so here's a very important question. Does it have pictures? It does have some very colorful artwork inside. Does it? Yes. Yeah, it's full color Bible, too. That is a very yeah. important detail. As I'm looking at it, he's brought a copy here to the, to the booth. Um, it is very much um, engaging as far as color. Mm-hmm. You have a lot, lots of great color. You have sort of this scavenger hunt, sort of uh, mystery hourglass with a map and treasure map sort of vibe. It's got a really fun sort of appealing look for the average preteen to engage with. And then as you go through the Bible itself, it has these special sections that are fully colored, that have uh, sort of animated characters in them. And it sort of dra- draws the eye to, the, to sort of spend a little more time reading Correct. That's than the if goal. it was just a black and white right. background. The yeah. goal is to keep them engaged in the yeah. text. And then we also created a website. A lot of people have heard of the Adventure Bible, but they have not heard of AdventureBible.com. Oh, wow. And that has over 700 completely free resources for parents and for teachers 
uh, to use. Yeah, but crossword people need puzzles. To know about that. There's sermon outlines. There's a lot of things on there. So what is that URL? What's, how would someone get to it's that? It's adventurebible.com. That complicated. That complicated. Okay. Yes. Adventurebible.com, mom and dad. And there's, free, there's free games for the kids to play too. Okay. Um, so that they can help learn scripture as they are playing games. That's awesome. We get a lot of good feedback. Actually, that's the largest portion of the site that gets visited. That's awesome. Well, we've been talking to Kevin Traub. He's the marketing director, senior marketing director at Zonder Kids Bibles. And, you know, one of the things that's cool about my job is that I get to meet a lot of different people. But Kevin's been in this world of, of really print and resource development for many, many years. We're much older than we sound. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, he's in this for the right reason. Like... Uh, many of you are, which is to serve the body of Christ, to equip parents and pastors to engage this next generation. And I can give you a personal endorsement that this guy is a good guy, and he loves Jesus, and he is a faithful father and husband. He's the kind of man that you would want recommending a Bible. <laughs> so uh, I would strongly encourage parents if you're out there or if you're a ministry leader or a pastor and you're looking for a new resource for the preteen age group, the NIV Adventure Bible is a very significant resource. It is a huge help and something I would strongly endorse. So I hope you go check that out. And uh, I want to just say thanks, Kevin. I know you're busy oh, thank for stopping you. by the booth and sharing a little bit with us yeah, today. Appreciate all you do too, Brad. Thank you very much. God bless. So, Robert, that was uh, that's kind of fun, you know. It is. It was like those a live things are concert. always <laughs> right. You don't know what you can get. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting, though. Like hearing people from around the country, they're in different places, but they all kind of come to the same conclusion. I mean, it's it's you know. They didn't talk before they got on the air, but a lot of the same kind of perspectives, you know? Yeah. I want to sort of emphasize these people were interviewed at various times in different days right. on the floor of CPC. They didn't hear each other. Yeah. No one knew what anyone else had said. And yet we did come up with some threads that pulled each of these conversations together just as we suspected. Yeah. Um, and one of those threads was definitely the idea that what's happening in the fourth and fifth grade. I think the way I put it in one interview was it matters more. Mm -hmm. It affects our kids more. Well, that's kind of the on-ramp to the teen years. That's when they start like exploring and questioning. It's not just the absolutes that the parents say anymore. They're actually reasoning through things. And so it's really important to start paying attention to what our kids, or in some cases grandkids, are experiencing in the fourth and fifth grade. And um, I think something that's really important to do in that period is, is explore their ideas with them. Uh, I don't know that we specifically touched on that in the interviews, but I, I can tell you from what we have talked about internally with iShine and Twin Gospel Alliance and even with Barna is it starts getting into this inductive reasoning stage. And so don't be afraid of exploring that um, because sometimes not only, not only can we impart truth in that process, but we also become a trusted place for them to know that they can come and explore these things with their parents. They're not to shut down. Because a lot of times, I know for me, when I was just raising my daughters and they were very young, it was just, this is what you do. This is, this is black and white. This is don't touch that. It's too hot. Don't whatever. And naturally, kids start growing to this place where they become curious and they're reasoning. And so if you just stick with the declarative kind of, this is the way it is, sometimes that, that can actually hurt you. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that shift in strategy as our children age is an essential for both parents and pastors to recognize that mm-hmm. it's happening. Um, that that what you do to engage a K through third isn't going to work in fourth and fifth. That's that, right. That you have to adapt uh, if you're going to keep their attention and keep them engaged. One thing that was interesting, there were there were two strategies that emerged among these five interviews. One was the need for music mm-hmm. that would bridge the gap, as she put it. Uh, English Preston, who uh, is a music director, she explained to us that she was looking or actively trying to find music that would engage those fourth and fifth graders like it did K through three. Right. And she recognized it couldn't be the same it stuff. It can't be the same thing. Yeah, it's got to be more more uh, elevated. The other thing that was a sort of a resource thread that pulled out was this reading of the Bible. This idea that kids are engaged more by reading the Bible. Than has, anything else. Yeah. It has it's a, the number one factor, she said, of um, Christian yeah. growth. Yeah. And, I, you know, that came from a Lifeway study, so I assume that it's it's well done. And it's Rachel Godin from First Pres in, in Tampa, Florida. And she's pointing out the fact that that this Bible reading is a, the, the largest influence on the adults as they look back. As their Christian, of their Christian growth. Yeah, it wasn't prayer. It wasn't right. attending church. It was Bible reading. And so her response to that wisely was, I need to find mobile resources. Exactly. Things that I can give my students and my, my own kids that will make that um, interesting to them. Well, it's in their native like a native platform for them. Right. And as soon as she was talking about that, the first thing I went to is, you'll know what this is, is our friends at Daily Audio Bible. Right. They have a Daily Audio Bible for kids um, yeah. that is so well done, but I think that's an amazing resource that you know we can't not mention because with knowing that it's the number one factor in Christian growth, it's unlikely that our kids are going to carry around a New Testament or a Bible with them when they go to school. But something like Daily Audio Bible in their back pocket is a great resource. And ironically, the very last interview we do is with a Zondervan marketing exactly. guy that I've known since Family Christian Bookstore days, Kevin Traub, and he's talking about uh, a third grade reading level Bible mm-hmm. that- That it, I can actually understand. <laughs> that you can understand called the NIRV. And it's a uh, is designed for this age group. And I noticed that the lady that we interviewed before him, who'd never met him and never even saw him, right. is saying, I'm looking for age-appropriate translations of the Bible. Right. So I'm guessing there was a Holy Spirit thread there because we could not have orchestrated that any, <laughs> any more It clearly. would appear that way. But I will pile on to that and say, if you're looking for another resource that's a little more hip and, and not just a third grade level, I shine. Has a, a great very Bible, cool Bible. Yeah. that has QR codes in it that's interactive. It's the New Living Translation, which is really a great translation for understanding because it's written, you know, in a form that we can really get our heads around. Kids can't. Right. So uh, whether you're going to a Christian bookstore or you're looking online, here are two translations that will help you with the preteen audience as far as uh, allowing them to comprehend what you're talking about, and follow along as they read in Scripture. And if Scripture is the number one factor for developing your faith, then this is important. Mm -hmm. So the NIRV with Zondervan or the New Living Translation, the new NLT with Tyndale, you can go to different companies and get uh, different translations. iShine Ministries does have a Bible 
that's uh, called the iShine Bible. And it has some extra pieces in it. It has online videos that go with some of the commentary and correspondence. Yeah. So it pulls out identity issues from the Bible, value, identity, and purpose. We call it the VIP. So whatever you're committed to, some denominations are really into the NIV, some are really into the NLT. We're not taking a stance necessarily. We're just encouraging you to be aware and be age-appropriate as you engage this this audience. And one thing that we know from talking to Barna and, and just the research that we've done between Gospel Alliance – Probably the most important thing you can do – well, not the most – well, yeah, I would say that. Um, model this for your kids. They need to see you reading the Bible. They need to see that you are actively pursuing the Word of God. Um, nothing speaks to a kid, especially as they're going to fourth and fifth grade. Words don't matter as much as them watching what you do. And so, as a parent, let your kids see you reading the Bible. Yeah, and and lastly – the two largest challenges that came up, the the two significant hurdles, if you will, to effective ministry today were media and busyness. And busyness, yeah. schedule. Um, those, unfortunately, um, appear to be unavoidable. They do. And I don't know for you, as I was listening to um, Rachel talk about the busyness thing, I was thinking, what what do, what do I do or what have I done um, there's a lot I did wrong, but I think one of the things that I tried to be deliberate about that I helped with the busyness thing is you just have to choose priorities. Like not everything is going to be able to win. And so if you make sure that you're anchoring with a couple of things that are just non-negotiable, like maybe it's reading the Bible or whatever, other things will fall in line, but just, we stretch ourselves so thin as parents sometimes. And and, you know, I don't know that that's really healthy for our kids sometimes. So find those things that are like the non-negotiables and make sure that those are anchored. And the other things, do your best, but don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. And my uh, thought process on media and just speaking to that issue with parents is be willing to say no. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's much harder for teens who've been given mobile phones young than it is for kids that are held back. And I based that on some research that I did for a book where uh, 15, 16, 17-year-old girls are telling their parents, I wish you had not given me a smartphone until I was old enough to understand it. Hmm. And Bill Gates himself yeah. spoke out and said, I'm not going to give my kids a smartphone until they're in high school. Steve Jobs didn't give his kids iPads, iPhones until they were much older. Yeah. And – and what's interesting is there seems to be a boomerang effect now with young women who are looking back and saying, my social life and the issues that that brought out, the insecurities, the fears, the eating disorders, the whatevers that became real baggage to me started with the exposure to that phone too early. Right. So my encouragement is if you're a parent and you're trying to decide what's the right age for your child to be exposed or to have their own access to a smartphone, hold off. Yeah. Error on the side of... Yeah, you can wait. It'll be all right. Absolutely. And when you do cross that bridge, I have to just... We did... A, I think we did a podcast together. I know I did on Solo Parent Society, but we interviewed the guy that developed Circle for Disney. Yes, we did. Um, it's a fantastic... I have it at my home now. It limits the amount of time. You can shut the entire web down in your home. You can select devices. You can filter. Circle by Disney is worth the like 70 bucks it costs or whatever to put into your home to... It, and it's not, what I have found is it's not even just 
policing all the time, but it's making sure your parent, your kids know that there is a police in the house and that there is something going There's on. There's accountability. There's accountability. Yeah. And it's so simple. So I can't recommend that highly enough. We don't get any kickback for that. It's no. just something that's very helpful. No, Disney didn't pay us a dime. Uh, I, I think- But they can if they want. Well, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll be happy that. to talk to them. Uh, at the end of the day, parenting in the modern era and pastoring kids in this age has never been more difficult. And there have never been so many hurdles to parents and pastors. But it's so encouraging to go to an event like CPC, Mm -hmm. where you see literally 3,000 people who are all about the same thing. They're all about engaging students with their faith. Yeah. With passing it on, with with taking the truth of Jesus to another generation. So if you're looking for a place to go, to get encouraged, to get training, they have great breakouts. It's three or four days long. They have every kind of subject with really well researched uh, speakers. It's not just opinions. It's not right. denominationally driven. It's an independent group. They don't have an agenda. Right. And so I would just encourage you to mark and and look it up at incm.org. Uh, look up CPC 2000 or 21 or whatever you're listening to this, and find out where it is and register. Yeah. And we don't get a kickback for this, but. It is a place to get some help if this is an area that you have a focus and a struggle with. By people that really care about the spiritual welfare of our kids. And you're not going to be marketed to. You're not being sold a specific product by a specific group. This is an independent organization. And for that, we applaud them, recommend them, and hope you take advantage of the services they offer. Well, Robert, it's time to wrap up. Uh, We've got a few closing thoughts here. I know we've been really looking for some of our audience to to do more in subscribing. Can you tell them about that? Yes. um, It's really helpful. If not only after you listen, rate the podcast and um, subscribe to our podcast. It it helps us tremendously. You may not think that it means a lot, but it really does. It helps. It helps in every single way. So leave a nice word if you, if you care to um, subscribe to the podcast and um, because we love doing this, um, but it's, we are 100% um, supported by, your prayers, donations, and so we would appreciate you involving, getting involved with what we're doing. And we thank you for your time. We thank you for your interest. And if this has been of help to you, share this with a friend. That's right. All right. Well, we'll see you here next week. <laughs> yes, we will. Thanks for spending some time with us. We'll see you next week. God bless. Be encouraged, parents. You are not alone. In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes... But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week. Brad, you know I'm a foodie, right? Absolutely. Okay, I want to tell you about this awesome 
coffee experience. It's called CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. It is a faith-run coffee culture. And the thing that's really cool about this is that they roast their own beans, they have delicious coffees, and they, they have two brick and mortar, so two coffee bars, as well as a virtual location at cjscoffeecafe.com. Here's the cool thing. They ship their beans, they ship their coffee anywhere in the world, so you don't just have to be in Texas to enjoy it. CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. Awesome. Hey, Robert, we've got some new stuff in the web store. Tell me about it, Brad. It's our very own swag. Really? Absolutely. Brilliantly Brave now has its own line of caps, cups, clothing. Yeah, everything, man. We got swag. Dog sweaters? Uh, I don't know about the dog sweaters yet, but we can work on it. Okay. So if you're a fan and you've been listening to Brilliantly Brave and you want to share it with your friends, let them know that you're a supporter, hey, come to our website, ishinelive.com, and find out more. 